Howdy, gang. How are you? To say thanks seems so little for that. Man, isn't that rich? Just ushered us into that. Got a little housekeeping stuff to do, so I'm, I'm uh, trying to eyeball folks. Where did Allie go? Okay, there she is. Sorry. For anyone that's in the that's participating in the save race, and you have your cash, drop it in here, and then we will. Um, she has forms and stuff, so I'm going to give you this, and then we'll issue a check after that. All right, that's August 1. It's uh, 5K. It's saved. You want to tell them what it is real quick? Um, you pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> What's saved? Yeah. Save is a nonprofit team-led organization that raises money for Haiti each year, or a village we adopted in Haiti, about 25 grand each year to help them build latrines, start, build, grow food, and have goats, and stuff like that, and this is just one of the fundraising events we hold to do that. So, if you'd like to sign up. Where'd it go? When's the race? <laughs> When's the race? August 1st at 7. 7 a.m. Yeah, check in at New Vision, and then the, I think the course takes you through the battlefield. Yeah. yeah. Neat deal. First year I hadn't been over there with them. Um, when you go with them, you better buckle up, because the guy that, that takes you into Bukiran now, he's taking you in. You're not on a compound just hanging out and, and having the romanticized uh, experience of missions. You're living it, and it's hard. Uh, it's extremely hard. <laughs> And so uh, that's why you better buckle up when they go over there. So I don't know how many teenagers went this past. How many of y'all went this past year, Allie? Uh, Sixteen, including to fourteen kids. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's been about the same amount each year. Just great stuff. Um, one thing too, I just want to call another timeout. Um, I just feel pressed to do this uh, because my sister shared this with me. And the thing is, is that um, I just I want to make sure that we are a people that know that we can pray with one another, for one another at any time. And that sometimes when arrows are being shot, you just need to know that folks are with you. And so Hortensia's had some arrows shot at her. We don't need to know what those arrows are, but we know that they're arrows. And they're arrows from folks that, that would stand here and say, man, I love this guy named Jesus. And isn't that just how life is, that we see this a bunch, and that's what the world looks at most of the time and looks into us as a body of Christ and says, there's so much infighting within you bunch, I just don't even want to hang out with you. I get it. I don't either. So the only thing we can do is not participate. And that's hard. Because a lot of us think we need to defend God. He's been handling it pretty well. We're called to love. I keep reading in the book and it comes right back to it. 
we're called to love. Even when I'm wanting to rip someone's head off, somehow, some way, the hymn within me has got to find a way to love. And sometimes the best way for me to love someone is at a distance. <laughs> a very long distance. <laughs> That's just the raw, rigorous honesty of it. And then when you can look at brother in the face and say, you know what, bro? The best for us to do right now is just not hang out. That, you know, that we're still yoked through Jesus, but the very best for us right now is just not to hang out. So I'd love for just someone that has ever felt the sting of an uh, arrow from uh, the home folks, that if they would pray over Hortensia right now, that would be super cool. Preferably a lady. Who would like to do that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Love the preference. <laughs> no. It's super cool. All right. Um, I, I am seeing this a lot in a group of girls at the high school that I have a very good relationship with. And it is really weighing on me lately because it is tearing me apart. Mm. And I don't know, I don't think I have a part in it because I don't know what to do otherwise. And so I want to add that in to mm. pray against the arrows that are tearing me Amen, man. Thanks, Lydia. All right, cool. Who wants it? Me? All right, touch her, though. Touch her. Anyone else, please? Put your hands on her.
All right. All right, let's go ahead and dive in. Go ahead and find a screen or a book that has uh, this uh, book of Acts in it. It's over towards the right-hand side of the book. Uh, I'll show you one of the techniques I used to use when I was first starting down this road of um, believing in Jesus. So we'd be in these settings that would be something like this, and and someone would say, hey, go to the book of Obadabadubadabada. You know, one of them 1,400-letter books, you know, and Immediately, my heart would start racing a little bit because I wanted to appear that I knew where everything was. So I would glance, just very slightly glance towards my bride because at that moment, she, was, she, she had a hotline to Jesus and I was still kind of torqued that she loved him at the time and I wasn't really there yet. And I would look and, and I'd say, oh, she's going towards the middle of the book. And then I would do my famous fan. I would just kind of act like I was just kind of thumb and fanning through it. And then, boy, I would just hope that I would see those words that resemble juba daba duba da. <laughs> then I would stop and I go, yeah, there I am. But the greatest book in the book is Table of Contents. Tells you where it is. So we're going to Acts. We're going to chapter 2. And before we get there, one of the things that Hebrews tells us, I don't want you to go there, it says, let us not be out of the habit of meeting. Most of the time, the body of Christ wants you to um, know that that's in a place that, like this. And this is important, but this isn't the only thing that counts, gang. you got to hear that. Because these structures weren't around when we are going to read this Acts. And so what they're talking about is don't get out of the habit of meeting is that the reason that he was saying that is just words before is that he was telling everyone, hey, look, let me tell you that you can go to the throne room of God boldly because of your yes to Jesus Christ and his once for all time sacrifice. <laughs> he said you can go boldly, you can go confidently to God because of what Jesus has done, not because of what you think you'll do. And so once you've done that, then what I do want you to do is not get out of the habit of meeting with each other so that you can stir one another up. Koinonia. It's Jordan's favorite word. <laughs> he's, going to be, he's going to be throwing chairs here in a little bit. And so what we're saying, unlike the surveys, and the surveys show that a lot of times if you walk into a place like this once a month, then it counts for you to have met. We're saying what we do tonight at Joey's place counts more than this. Because in that setting, you'll get to find out who and what you love to be about if you'll allow yourself. That's why we do them. That's why we encourage folks throughout the week to open up their homes. That's why we say it counts when you go to a baseball game. That's why we say it counts when you go to a gymnastics meet. That's why we say it counts when coaches step out on the fields and their congregation is their team that they have got assembled. That's why we say it counts whenever men load up into planes and go off to places. That's their mission trip. That's why we say it counts. That's why we say it's stirring up that whenever and wherever you go that you are on mission for Jesus Christ. There is no separation. And you're doing it beautifully, <laughs> I might add. Your congregation is coming up. It's waiting on you. You're already in it. 
right? And so that's where people see. I shared with the folks today. I said, people don't know that Jesus is alive until they see Him alive in us. Amen. They don't know He's alive until they see Him alive in us. And when they see Him alive is going to be when you jump on a horse. <clears throat> or it's when you go back home and those people that are throwing arrows and say, you know what, I'm not going to participate in it anymore. It's whatever those moments are. And so in Acts, right here in chapter 2, it's one of the verses, gang, that quite honestly, I can't even hardly go there and it still wells me up because it was early and when I was learning who this guy Jesus is. It's not who Jesus was. It's who Jesus is. He's alive. And He's inside every person I'm looking at that has said yes to Him. Quite honestly, the songs that we sing sometimes say, come Holy Spirit, when we could say, thank you God the Holy Spirit's already here. So it's in Acts 2. I want to start in verse 42. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. One more time. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, listen to the and to's, gang, and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And what they're looking at there is what they're saying is that, that it means that they're constantly attentive to one another when you see that word devoted. And there, at this time, there weren't that many believers. It's right after Pentecost. It was the days after Jesus' ascension. He went back. And then the words that He told to the disciples that day, He said, I will send you a helper. And they start to come to fruition here because now all the believers, and there's probably not many more than what we have here in this room, they're gathering. In verse 43, it says, A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And again, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. That still just blows me away. This one especially. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. <laughs> Guys, I am a self-professed materialist. I admit it. I love stuff. I love helping people. But can you see this? Does that not blow you away? It's like they put for sale signs in their front yard and says, whatever I get out of the house, I'm going to put in this bucket. And whatever goes in the bucket, y'all can have. We'll just share it. We're close. I mean, we're getting closer and closer and closer in the way that we help folks in the, in the crazy transitions of life. But we're... That, I mean, we'll have yard sales. <laughs> That's fun. We get rid of our stuff, have a yard sale, and we just send the money. There's nothing. That's absolutely beautiful. Let's have more yard sales, right? And then we keep going on. They worship together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Here's what the word means, koinonia. It's just it's fellowship. It's intimate fellowship. They're jointly contributing. They are participating in relationships. That's koinonia. 
And so in that, while they're doing the sharing the meals, you remember that we learned that the Lord's Supper, when they first started meeting like this, that it was called the love feast? It was these huge banquets, not banquets. It would be like the potluck that we're going to have tonight, just finger foods. But in that, and we're going to simulate that tonight, is that we're going to do the Lord's Supper on the grounds at His place. That there will be three different places set around wherever people can gather around. And if you don't know what the bread and the juice are for, you're going to get coached up tonight. And that way you'll be able to go home and you'll be able to have communion with your family. You ever done that? Isn't that fun? To have communion, the Lord's Supper, the love feast with my family. And then 47, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved, which means made whole. I want you to think about something for a second. I want want you to think about the relationships that are in your life. Okay? Who are those people in your life that you are actively participating with in relationship? Let's hear some of those. Yeah. So I'm hearing spouses, children. Who else? Parents. Parents. Grandchildren. Grandchildren. Work friends. Work friends. What's the what's some of the common threads that when you're participating in a relationship that keeps you going and motoring in that relationship? Did you hear it? It's love. Does that mean that we never, that we always agree? No. Quite the opposite. We have said here many times, if there's not healthy conflict in a relationship, someone's lying. (laughs) And the only one that I have control over not lying is me. Okay? So think about those that you're actively participating in. Because, see, how did you start to find out about who they were? And are you allowing people to find out who you are? Because it's vitally important. Flip over just for a second to 1 Corinthians. Chapter 12. There's Ems. Yay! First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 12, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Verse 13, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we share the same spirit. How will we know how part of our body is to function if we never participate in relationships is that you allow folks to know what your passions are 
that you allow folks to know how God has wired you to the point that where this is how you go and love Him out every day wherever you go. That you just can't help but be about that. That when you rise up, when your peepers open up, it's the first thing that you think of is go, man, I get to do this today. What is that? And do other folks know who, who and how you'd love to be about that in your day to day? Because I believe, here's one of the things I want to draw somewhat of a similarity to in the verse 13 where it says, Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. Gang, there is no white, there is no black, there is no yellow, there is no purple. By the way, there is no Methodist, there is no Baptist, there is no Episcopalian, there is no Presbyterian, there is no Anglo, whatever you want to call anybody, whatever. It's Jesus, it's only Jesus. If you've said yes to Jesus, that's all He sees. God sees you through the goggles of Jesus Christ. And so all the other stuff is just one way that man, and I'm talking about the species, has set ourselves up to say, you're wrong, I'm right. It's garbage. It's flat out garbage. So let's choose to not participate in it. And that when those conversations come, someone has to be above the, 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 uh, the chaos and say, you know what, bro? You can go study whoever you want to, those guys that are dead. I'm going to keep studying the one that's living. His name's Jesus. Yes. <laughs> it matters not who you follow. His name's not in the book. I'll just keep following Jesus. And then, by the way, while you're trying to figure all that out, you want to go with us and go feed somebody? You, you want to just hang out and, and, and teach some folks some budgeting that have never been taught that before in their life? You want to do that with us? And most aren't. I was surrounded by a bunch of ministries today that are. And they, like you, they, like you, are living out the words that Christ spoke in that day when He said, My time has come. When He told everyone, He said, That the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to set the captives free. The blind will see. The oppressed will be released. And that's you. Because you're living that out and you're able to take others to show them what it looks like and feels like to be free. That's what tonight will be about. So I'm proud of you. You keep dragging folks in one by one. Not here. Yeah, it's fun. If we, Yeah, this will be fun. You drag them where they feel comfortable to be drugged too. If they don't want to be drugged, then you go meet them at their house. I'll come meet you at your place. When's a good time? Let's hang out. And you're doing it. Keep on. Do not grow weary. Do not grow weary. So here's what I'm asking you tonight is that since uh, in Colossians, don't go there. We're going to close with this. That tonight, let me do a little pre-coaching. When you go over to Joey's tonight, find a table, and we'll have communion. I think we've got the bread and the juice. You, you got, Mom's got that. He'll have it set up. If you're not real sure on how to do that, um, Joey and his bride are going to captain the table. So raise your hand, Joey, just for... All right. Mom and... Pop, 
are going to captain the table in the Jordans. Y'all raise your hand. All right. If there's a fourth one, is there a fourth? We're going to have four or three. Doesn't matter. If we have a fourth, would y'all do it? All right. Super. And so what that means is that when you walk in that thing is that you just literally, I want you to, to find out about one another. Go ahead and get your food. Let's have a love feast. Grab your food, get to the table, and share with one another what these folks were sharing with themselves. They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Do you know what that is? You know what the foundation of the apostles' teaching is? <laughs> Colossians 3 says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ... Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. One last definition on koinonia. It is the right hand as a sign and pledge of fellowship. Christ is saying, I'm sitting at the right hand of the Father. Your yes to me puts you in the same seat with me. So when you go to someone tonight, grab their right hand, embrace one another knowing that we are seated at the right hand of the Father. That's something to celebrate. That's tremendously great news. Father, thank You. I thank You that, um, Lord, that tonight that we're going to get just as close as we possibly can to our brothers and sisters that we see and read about breaking bread with one another, sharing meals, the love feast based on Jesus, and Father, that we're not going to allow any of the trappings of the world in this moment for right now to trip us up. Lord, I pray that heart connections are made at a deeper level tonight. Connections that will carry out through the week. And that Father, that we'll just continue to always have an open seat for that next person who just needs to be reminded that they're to be stirred up that our meeting in your home counts. Lord, we love you. And we count it such a blessing to know that we believe in you, the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. And it's his name we pray. Amen.